Welcome to the WinW Strong Podcast, the podcast that pays you back. This podcast was designed with one goal in mind, to help people get out of student loan debt. And the more you think about it, the more you should get furious on how expensive it is for people to go to college. You spent all those years, four years, six years, eight years, going somewhere thinking it's going to make a difference. And it's going to help you grow, help you change. Don't get me wrong. It helps some people. Matter of fact, it helps a lot of people. But a lot more people are stuck in this endless cycle of debt just to try to better their life. If the government was really supporting people and helping them with college, they would, one, make it dollar for dollar and not charge you 8%, 12%. Some people lucky got 2%, 1%. But those are very few and far in between. And for people who take out private loans, that's even worse. Or people who put on a credit card, that's even worse. But people have been mortgaging their future just for the opportunity to get a college degree that most people don't even use when they're done with college. They go to college for, as I said, two years, four years, six years, eight years, ten years. And don't even use the degree, but still have to pay this enormous bill every month. Well, this podcast is here. The only one of its kind. Helping people get out of debt. I'm not in it for me. I have no dog in this fight. My, I want to help individuals get out of college loan debt. That's it. I want people to be able to buy houses, cars, take your kids to awesome vacations or just take themselves to an awesome vacation and not having to worry about mortgaging their future. Let's not do that anymore, people. Let's pay it forward. Let's pay it forward for our kids. Let's pay it forward for our future kids. Let's pay it forward for ourselves. Let's listen with your ears. That's the only thing I'm asking you to do is listen. Send it to a friend, maybe two. Okay. And it's their good stories. And if they don't like them, you, you, you're doing it for a good cause. You're getting your eyes a break, giving your ears a listen for a good cause. Now, let's get into it, people. Now, remember, if you haven't listened to the episode before this, and I think it was a really good episode. I probably listened to it a couple hundred times. Um, and it just makes me uh, sad every time I listen to it. It didn't make me happy. I get sad and happy at the same time. I don't know how I do it, but I do it. Just really good stuff. Well, this is the murder of the little girl in Asbury Park. And it's time. It's time. That was a long pause. And remember, this is all one take. No editing. Just me telling the story. Okay, remember, people. Kimberly... Went, was on her way home to get some stuff for me that I, I didn't know what she was getting. She said she'll be right back. Um, and that's the last time I said that I, I saw her. And I, I was in my head thinking, where is she going to get? She said she'd be right back. She had to run home or she'd see me in the morning. And I was like, ooh, I am so happy right now. I mean, you ever feel like joy of 
the unknown, the possibilities. And you make all these dreams in your head and you make all these thoughts in your mind. And you make all these feelings in your heart. And you're so excited. You meet that person for the first time or the second time. And you know that person is something special in your life. From the first time you see them, like that person's something special in my life. And that's what you say. And this was the first time that I felt like this person is something special in my life. I was over the moon, as they would say. Butterflies, as other people would say. Crazy, as other people would say. Some people don't believe it at all that attraction is that strong. Because they haven't experienced it. And this was first time I ever experienced attraction at this level. I kind of didn't know what it was. But I know I wanted to see her again. I know I wanted to talk to her. I know I couldn't wait. Off in the distance though. As I stand there on the on the porch. I hear the sound, sounds of fire trucks, police cars, amb- ambulance. I always say ambulance. Um, wrong. I always say that word wrong. I don't know why. It's just a word that I just say wrong. Ambulance. So hopefully that's right. And if not, you can laugh at me because I always say it wrong. And I hear them off in the distance. And at first I didn't think anything of it. But, you know, you, you always want to go see what's up. Why are the ambulances coming? Why are the police cars coming? So I run down the block. And there's a sheet covering a person in, in the middle of the road. And I was like, that's by Kimberly's house. So I run a little closer. And I kind of see, like, she always had the, these pigtails and, and uh, pink um, barrettes at the end of her pigtails. And so I'm looking in the road and I see a pink barrette. And I was like, that's, that's, that's Kimberly's barrette. And... and that's all I could see because they had the sheet covering the person. And I didn't see Kimberly's mother. I really didn't know what she looked like if I did saw her. But I didn't see an adult come running out. Um, so I stood there and watched. And they got the stretcher out of the back of the ambulance, the bodyboard. But they never uncovered the person under the sheet. But as they put the person on the bodyboard, one of the pigtails fell out from underneath the sheet as and it didn't have a barrette on it. 
because the barrette was still laying on the ground. And I'm at this point scared and hurt and had no one to turn to, to talk to, to say anything to because there was no one there. Because remember, I was over my cousin's house and they were away because I was planning to go figure out what happened to the little girl in the morning. So I just sat there on the curb. And the only emotion I knew was to either laugh or cry. And this wasn't really something that you would laugh about. So I began to cry. And as they put the body on the stretcher from the body board, strapped it down and slowly push the stretcher back into the ambulance as the wheel slowly raised up, raised up as the stretcher is going into the ambulance and the doors close, you know, left door, right door, symmetry just closed like that. And the ambulance drivers never looked over at me, ever, never acknowledged me. They, the cops didn't come ask me if I knew her, if I knew anything, if I seen anything. They just got in their cars and they all zoomed away. I, I didn't know what to do. But I walked into the street and I picked up her barrette. And I put the barrette in my, my pocket. And I turned back and I walked back to my my cousin's house. And I'm like almost out of my mind at this moment. Because I had all these dreams. I had all these feelings and I had nowhere to go or no one to talk to at that moment to release this, these feelings I had for this person that was so overwhelming. So once I got back to my cousin's, house I packed up what little stuff I had and I walked home and when I got home no one even acknowledged me walking into the house they were all in the 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 living room listening to music and so there was like I thought you were spending the night over your cousins as I trounced upstairs I'm going to bed. That's what I told them. Going to bed. So I went up to my room. I laid there. I stared up at the ceiling. I didn't even get under the covers. I laid on top of the covers. My bed was actually made for the first time. I guess my 
Somebody came in and made my bed because I rarely made my bed at that point. So it was really nice to be able to lay on a made bed <laughs> and the sheets were clean. So it was like two double nices. Um, the bed was made and the sheets were clean. So they smelt fresh, you know, and as I sit there and thought about what just happened, it was like a renewal. It was like, I don't know how to feel. In my mind, I'm hoping that she was okay. But since I never seen her again, I still have the pink barrette. And that was, you know, so many, so many years ago. I kept it with me. It traveled with me many places. Traveled with me to Canada. Traveled with me to London. It traveled with me to college. It traveled with me so many places. And when people say, why do you have a pink barrette? I'm like, well, mind your business. It. I think it's been with me most of my life. With the person that it belongs to, I haven't seen or heard one word of since that day. It's just unbelievable. I would ask. Nobody would know. And it was just all these ideas, all these feelings... All these thoughts, I I never got to say. And from that moment, I kind of learned to say what I want to say. Because sometimes you never get the chance to tell somebody something. You never get the chance Tell somebody how you feel. Never get the chance to play a game, to walk down the road. When you feel like you have to say something to somebody, never wait. Never wait. Because you may never get the opportunity to say how you feel or what you're thinking to them. Because they can be here and then they can be gone just that fast. And only thing you're holding on to is a remnant of something that never was. But you should hold on to those remnants because those remnants give you hope. And it gave me hope. I will look at it from time to time now and remember I need to treat people how I would, I would want to be treated 
and, and love people how they need to be loved because you you may never have the opportunity to love or treat people right and say, oh, I'll wait till tomorrow to tell somebody something about them that I think is awesome. Don't wait. Do it now. Do it now. Because you may never get the opportunity. And so a couple of weeks went by. I just moped around. And then Tyrone came flying by as I sat on my front porch in the morning because I love that sun. Oh, that sun in the morning is so awesome. And it was shining on my face and warming me up and and just giving me the, the, the strength and the power to exist. But here he comes on that bike, making that noise, speaking all fast. What are you doing, man? Sitting on the porch. How you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. I was like, hey, man, how are you? It's like, oh, man, you know it's about to start here in a couple weeks. School. And I'm like, shh. I forgot all about school is about to start. And he was like, you know, I am going out for the football team. And I was like, you go right ahead. And he's like, I will. And then he took off down the road. And I forgot about school. I forgot about football. I forgot about all those wonderful things that are about to start happening here soon. Now, there's nothing like the fall. If you don't like the fall, I'm sorry. You're missing out. But the fall in New Jersey is so short but so awesome. It's the one of the, the and remember, I lived at the end of a tree lined street. And in the fall, the trees would go to this burnt orange that was so amazing with its pops of yellow. Just stro- I think the sun did that because it really looked like a sunset going down my road with the trees, with the orange and the yellow and then rounding out to the sea it's absolutely absolutely one of the amazing sights that one person can see these orange and yellow trees just crickling as the leaves dry up and start to fall so pretty and then it rounds out to the ocean you don't see that sight too many other places but it's such a beautiful sight to behold and but we wasn't there yet. We still had a couple a couple good weeks left. So I got the energy up to go back to my cousin's house. This time everybody was home. There's like eight of them. Eight brothers and sisters. And when they're home, I don't really go over there too much. And they kinda live they all live with my grandmother. Well, they lived with my grandmother. And my grandmother was this awesome storytelling. She was she spent her whole life in factories making clothes, uh, little girls' clothes. I think she was making, they get paid by the piece. They got paid like 20, 50, 25, 15 cent per dress. They were, we were talking about slave labor. They were slave labor. They would work in these loud places with all these sewing machines with no headphones. And my grandmother was the first person to tell me about the ringing in her ears. I thought she was crazy, you know. Oh, I got this ringing in my ear from working in the factory. Only thing I hear is ringing, she would say. 
And I'm like, because okay, I didn't know what tinnitus was. And I'm like, okay, you got a little ringing in your ears. We know what that is. Cuckoo, cuckoo. But she would tell these wonderful stories. And she'll get lost in the words. You know, the older you get, you know, how your mind works when you get older. Some people are lucky. They don't have to worry about it. But I will. I know I will have to worry about, you know, your mind starts to slip. And she would tell these stories and she would repeat parts of the story. And like, Grandma, you told us that part already. But the stories were so hilarious. The, the best storyteller ever. Just sit and listen to her story about the butter beans on the farm down in Georgia. How she escaped Georgia and made it up here to New Jersey. And that she'll never go back to Georgia. Them hillbilly hicks, she would call them. And talk about the juke joints and all the things she used to do when she was a young young whippersnapper until she found the Lord. Uh, it was um, really good stories about the past. And everybody would just sit around and at all and listen to these wonderful stories my grandmother, my grandmother would share. And so everybody was home at, at my cousin's house making all this ruckus. You know, eight people in one house with, it's loud. It's a, it's it's obnoxiously loud. So I sat out on the front porch, and my cousin came out. He's about my age, the youngest one. And you know, he's always talking about kind of weird stuff, you know. So I, 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 I'm back on trying to solve this this murder. And I didn't tell him about it because then we have to explain the whole story to him, and he just whatever, man. So. I sat there, listened to him talk about some kind of car robot thing and that he was watching something. And I was like, is that like Transformers? He's like, no, it's not like Transformers. It's car robots. And I was like, is it Transformers? He's like, it's car robots. I was like, whatever, man. <laughs> All right. And so then I said, I'm going for a walk. And I I hear, um, you know, uh, the uh, the cart I hear a shopping cart going down the road and I look and no it wasn't he was gone and I don't know where Tyrese was I can't remember her name today um uh and but it was another person pushing my buddy's cart and I call him my buddy now um uh, my buddy's cart and I followed them, followed him. And he goes into the woods right where I was almost murdered. And, and he's like setting up shop in the woods. And I said, I thought they cleared this spot out, but no, they didn't. There was another person living in that spot. But I wasn't going over there this time. I learned my lesson the first time. I stayed at, at a safe distance. But as I walked, I looked on the ground. I see like kids' footprints because it was a really muddy, you know, area in the woods. And I see little kids' footprints and then multiple little kids' footprints. So I followed them back up to this house that was buried in deep in the woods. It was a a old farmhouse, white farmhouse with black shutters with a huge long front porch and a screened 
por- a screened in a screen door that was wood with that um, metal, real thin metal mesh to keep the bugs out. So it's one of those type of old rickety screen doors. It was like it was a handmade screen door. Um, but the door to the house was open. And I walked up slowly and I hear old. Hey, everybody got old hound dogs back then. There's an old hound dog sitting in the house, but I don't. He didn't see me or smell me, so I kind of backed off. So I didn't want to um, cause suspicion. So I backed off and kind of peered in, and there was people in there talking, like closely, like they had an intimate relationship, or they were whispering, and so their they had, their body was really close together. And and I was too far away to hear what they were saying, but I could see their mouths moving. And one of, of the people, it was a guy, um, put his hand in his pocket and pulled out like a, a bunch of plastic looking things. And they kind of looked like barrettes. And it was like a whole bunch of them. And I was like, those look like barrettes. And, the, you know, I'm pretty far away, so it's really hard to see. But there was his hand was full of them. So you can kind of see them billing over a little bit. And I think I I tripped over something. Cause I made a little bit of a ruckus and the dog heard it. So he comes bearing to the door. Burr, burr barking and so the two people run to the door so i kind of shimmy behind the tree as they stepped out on the on the front porch and looked around like all nervous like and then i stood there quietly and they went back inside the dog lay back down and so i kind of snuck around to the side of the house to see if i could see in the backyard and i see a couple little kids bikes. I'm like, why are these little kids bikes in the back of the house? Do they have kids? It didn't look like a house that would have kids. There was no swing set. There was no toys in the yard. Just these bikes in the back of the house. And this red pickup truck off to the side with the windows already rolled down. And, you know, back when you live out, so it's like that, you don't have to roll your windows up. Who's going to come back to your house? You know, so I looked in the car and there was a, a bag and in the bag um, was like, I, I kind of couldn't make it out. It was like kind of like chain rope type contraption and sitting in, in the bag in, in the seat. And then I looked and there was something that I did not like in the car. And it was, um, it was two guns in the car. And back then people really didn't use guns as much. You really didn't see guns that often, but there were two guns in the car. And I don't remember anybody getting robbed. I don't remember anybody. I don't, it was nothing that I can recall of that magnitude at that time. So I'm really kind of getting scared. And, and I was alone and I didn't want 
anything to happen to me. You know, so it was starting to get a little late. So I turned and snuck out and went back to my cousin's house and kind of sat and seeing in my mind, what did I just experience? And I needed someone to help me figure this out. So I went back down to the beach, seeing if I can see any more of the people that used to hang down there where the homeless people hung out and see if I can ask some questions about this house in the woods where, where Kenneth uh, used to, 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 to hang out. Kenneth is the old man that tried to kill me, but is really trying to protect me. And he was gone. I haven't seen him in such a long time, but I did see his cart with that other guy. And he, I was, so I didn't want to go back there because I was kind of afraid. I didn't, that, that was a dangerous time, but I didn't bump into anybody. Teresa, Kenneth, I didn't bump into any of them down, down at the beach. So I went home and I, once again, somebody was in my room. Bed was made again. The sheets were still clean, though, which was awesome. So I sat there on the edge of my bed. And I think the clean smelling sheets gave me a renewal. So every time I sat there, I, my mind got clear. And I can kind of put the pieces together of, what I, of my day and what I seen. And I didn't see any kids. I saw footprints. I saw some kind of chain rope kind of thing. Looks like a horse harness or something kind of some kind of harness to keep people, something tied down. And I saw the two guns, which were really scary. So trying to put those pieces together. And and as Kenna said, he was there to protect. He, he stood there so he wanted to protect kids. And in my head, I'm thinking, are these the people that kidnapped the little girl and murdered her? It can't be that easy. The cops were beaten there already. The cops would have already been there. So when they when I, when my, when they said that the guy in the woods tried to to kill me, they would have saw the house and they would have went to the house and they would have checked it out. It couldn't be that simple. So I had to find somebody who would go with me back to the house so that we can figure out if we're, we're, we, we, we found it. If we can figure out, are, are these the people? So a couple more weeks pass. School was about to start. And I, I, I didn't. I thought about going out for football because, you know, that's what people like, people who play football. But I, I didn't think it was my time. I didn't think it was my time to play football. I thought my time would need to be spent getting this solved. And so for the first week of school, it kind of went through a, 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 foggy, a foggy haze, just trying to 
come up with an idea to be able to get to the house and see if these were the people that murdered and killed the little girl. But the cops would have done this already. They would have been to the house. They would have saw the footprints. They would have saw the guns on the car. They would have did all these things. Don't you think? That's what I'm thinking to myself. All this would have been taken care of by the police by this time. Well, I a couple more weeks went by. At this time, we're in the throes of fall. The awesomeness of the trees. Halloween was around the corner. It was the perfect time of the year. And school was in full swing. So I had to start focusing on school. And I couldn't spend as much time thinking about this house in the woods. But we had a new student in school, and I'm going to call him what his name was. His name was Andre. I'm going to call him who he was. Um, and for a couple weeks, he was my bestest buddy on the planet. And I start telling him about the story. And he was so excited to go with me. And. He had all these ideas of how we can go there and not be seen. And uh, I'll tell you guys more about that next episode. This is Win W Strong on a Win W Strong podcast, the podcast that pay you back. I look forward to talking to you guys sometime next week when I finish up the story and tell you more about Andre and the White House in the middle of the woods. Have a good morning, have a good night, or a good evening.